Hello and welcome to episode 25 of the Profit Podcast. I am your host, Matt Robinson, and today I want to give you an overview of a psychological model in relation to nutrition that I am going to be covering as part of a corporate presentation that I am delivering today. So we're going to dive into the model, explain how that works just in terms of general human psychology, and then how I'm applying that in relation to nutrition to teach clients and people that sit in front of this presentation about how they can take control of their nutrition in a variety of ways. So as always, let's dive right in. Now, for me to be sat here talking about the subject of nutrition seems quite a strange and funny thing to me because I am quite open about the fact that this isn't an area I would consider myself an expert in. However, after being in the fitness industry for a decade, it is something I've obviously learned a lot about over the years and have had to use along the way to help clients get results and improve their health and do all sorts of things. So it is something I do know probably more about than I give myself credit for. But my approach to nutrition has always been how can we learn from other areas and other disciplines and then bring that into this world to help people better understand nutrition, especially in relation to the psychology side of things and understanding how your brain works and how that then might lead you towards making certain decisions and then trying to help clients understand whether or not they need to fight those decisions or work with them and how they can achieve that. So... I hope that today's episode is a great example of how I've taken a model from elsewhere, brought it into our world, and then used that to educate people about one of the fundamentals of nutrition, which is essentially energy balance. But I'm hoping that you can see how this process might create a better environment to talk to a client about that subject or anyone that needs any sort of education around nutrition so that they can better understand what it might take for them to get results if they're going to break it down into the basics but then also have an understanding as to how their brain might interfere with that along the way. I'm going to first start by talking about the model and helping you understand how that works, what it looks like and where it is that I've taken that from. The model that I'm going to use to explain this comes from the author, Mark Manson. I'm going to admit that I'm a huge fanboy of his. I love his books. I love what he tries to do in terms of being anti-self-help as a form of helping people improve themselves. I think he's uh, found himself an amazing market, an amazing niche there, and he's doing some fantastic work. I actually had the pleasure of seeing him speak live recently, and he was just as good in person as he is in his books. Now, in his most recent book, he talks about this idea of your brain being like a consciousness car and it's a really good metaphor or example of how your brain works on like a very basic level the brain is a very complex organ and you need countless neuroscientists and phd level people to fully understand what on earth actually goes on inside the brain and we're still trying to learn things about that but when you can break what the brain does down into a very very simple model and understand how that might influence your behavior i think that's a very powerful thing to be able to learn understand and then use to help you in a variety of areas of your life so i'm going to do my best at not completely butchering the model in explaining it to you and hopefully i'll do as good a job as mark manson did in explaining it 
just while we're on that note, it's well worth picking up that book, even if it is just to read about that section and that model that he describes as a consciousness car, just because I believe this is a great principle that you can apply to various areas of your life. The model itself essentially looks like this. Imagine that you are driving in a car. You've got the driver's seat and you've got the passenger seat. So the driver is in control of where the car ultimately goes. They are sat at the steering wheel and they determine where that car goes. The passenger is essentially the co-pilot. They're the person that might help out. They might give you the odd direction change and they might say, oh, look at that over there. Let's go and explore that. Let's go and explore things over there. Now, if we relate that to our brain, if we think of our brain as two parts, if we think of it as the logic brain and the emotional brain, many of us would like to believe that it's the logic part of our brain that is sat in the steering wheel side of the car, in the in the driver's side. We would like to believe that our logical brain is the bit that drives the car and that it's the emotional brain that sits in the passenger side. So we believe that we are logically going about our day and making decisions about where to go, what to do, how to get there, what a good decision is, what a bad decision is, and rationalizing all of these things. And that the emotional brain is just there on the side trying to create the odd distraction here and there saying, oh, look at that shiny thing over there. Look at this fascinating thing over there. Look at this thing on social media or whatever it is. And that's how we like to think that our brain is working. The problem with that is that it's completely the opposite way around. That's how Mark Manson describes it in his book. He talks about how it is actually the emotional part of the brain that is in the driving seat, and it's the logical brain that's on the other side, sat in the passenger seat. And that most of the time, we are making decisions with our emotional brain, and then our logical brain essentially rationalizes why we made those decisions. So our emotional brain goes about making choices and making decisions and changing direction, And all along, all our logical brain is really doing is rationalizing to ourselves why it is we chose to do that. So that in our head, it makes perfect sense to have made that decision, which means that we'll probably make that type of decision again. So hopefully that gives you a little overview as to how that model might work and how it looks. Again, Mark Manson does a much better job of explaining that than me. And if you you haven't read his book or you're not a fan of reading books, you'll even be able to see him talk about it on YouTube. But when I first heard this model, I thought it was an amazing way to look at how people approach nutrition. A lot of people start by overcomplicating nutrition to start off with, which then leads you down the route of making the logical part even more difficult to understand. And then they do what I would describe as unconscious decision-making as they go about making food choices, which is essentially their emotional brain taking over and deciding what to eat, when to eat it, and then let's leave it up to the logical brain to rationalize why we did that and why it makes perfect sense to do that. That's how most people are approaching what they put in their mouths. We all do this at some stage. We all do this probably on an ongoing basis without realizing I just believe that there are some of us that have managed to create ways and means of overriding that emotional part of our brain better than others and maybe allow the logical brain to look more closely at our emotional decisions and understand, actually, maybe that wasn't the right choice and here's why and here's how that choice made me feel and here's what it did to my body and here's what I would like to think I would do in future. And it might be then that you mess that up a few more times in future before you eventually make the change. So 
There's the model itself. The model is you driving in a car. You've got the emotional side of your brain in the driving seat and the logical side of your brain in the passenger seat. Those two are interacting along the way. Your logical brain is trying to keep your emotional brain on track. But ultimately, your emotional brain is going to go where it wants to go, when it wants to go. And then your logical brain will rationalize those decisions and ultimately make you believe that you have made the right decision along the way. That's the model in principle. Now let's have a look at how you can use that to help someone out with their nutrition. Right, so when we dive into the area of nutrition, it can be difficult to understand where to start, what to teach people first, what are the actual fundamentals that are important. Luckily, most of us are on the same way of thinking that most people on a basic level need to start by understanding energy balance. And that's because most people that come to us in our world want to lose weight or change body composition in some way. For them, a fundamental principle that they're going to need to understand in order to achieve that is energy balance. Understanding that what you put in versus what you sort of burn off or take out is ultimately going to decide which way your body goes in terms of lose weight, gain weight, or maintain weight. That is something we need to teach people. It's something we need them to understand. How do you link that to a psychological principle like the one that I've just described? Well, the way I like to do this is I like to explain the model first and help the person understand that their emotional brain is making most of their decisions. And I might even spend some time with that person asking them about examples of where they now know that that's what's happened beforehand they might not have been aware that they were making emotional decisions but now that they understand the model and how their brain is working they might be able to look back and pinpoint exact moments in time where they've allowed that emotional side of their brain to take over and make a decision that they have then rationalized so we might look at a few examples of that once that person is then in the line of thinking that okay my emotional brain is taking a lot of the flack here it's it's making most of these decisions How do I make these decisions a little bit more logic? That's something that people want to try and do. They want to make more logical decisions. Now, it's my belief that that is much harder to do than people estimate. So instead of trying to make more logical decisions, what I like to look at with people is how do we take some of the emotion out of decisions? So it's not necessarily a logical decision. It's a less emotional decision. And that's where I think energy balance becomes a really powerful tool because what we can do with a person is make food a numbers game, which then makes it a lot less emotional. If you can take something subjective and make it objective, to me, and the way I like to think about things, that makes it a much less emotional discussion. It also makes it a much less emotional decision to make because you can break down what seems like an overly complex area of your life in this scenario, nutrition, and make it a simple game of numbers. Anything that becomes a game becomes something that people want to play and win and is easier to understand. And anything that becomes about numbers immediately becomes more measurable, more trackable, and less emotional because the numbers don't lie, providing that you're not lying about the numbers. Obviously, we've got to make sure that that's in place. So hopefully that gives you an understanding of how you can use something from a complete different area of the scope of practice that we have, bring it into what we do, and then apply it to an area that people struggle with and help them understand it better. 
So this is what I'm trying to do with this model right now. I'm trying to help people understand that when it comes to nutrition, the first thing you need to understand is that internally you are having this battle with your own brain and it's the emotional side trying to fight against the logical side and ultimately the emotional side is winning. So how do we take some power away from that emotional side? What might that look like? In my world at the moment, that boils down to explaining energy balance to people. It's just that I'm now explaining energy balance with a little more context and making it seem even more important because it's a way of overriding that part of your brain that hasn't been serving you very well in this area previously. So that will give you a nice example of how I'm applying that. Another advantage of explaining a psychological model to a person in a very simple way and then using it to improve an area like this is that you can help them remove some of the pressure from themselves when it comes to some of the decisions they actually make or some of the feelings they experience around this area. So we know that for a lot of people, there are a lot of emotions and feelings attached to the idea of food and what food gives them. And most of this is very unconscious. They're not aware of why these things are happening or what's going on. And I believe that if we educate people in how these things work and why they are working a certain way, it can help them better understand why they're making those decisions in the first place, take a little bit of the pressure off themselves and stop beating themselves up. And from that place, they can then set about making more positive changes. So let me give you an example of that that I was talking about with a client this morning. I was talking to a client this morning about the idea of cravings. And I was explaining to her that for me, this craving phenomenon, I know there's probably a lot of other science behind it, but if we relate it back to this model that I've just discussed, the craving itself is probably a triggering your brain for you to go and consume something to have some form of emotional benefit. It's an emotional decision that you've made. It's emotionally driven. The craving may or may not be real. Sometimes cravings aren't actually a real thing. It's just your brain accepting that it's a bit bored or it's a bit tired or something like that, but you don't actually need anything to eat at that time. It's just a trigger to go and get something to eat to experience a feeling or an emotion. So I talked to her about this idea of, in my mind, cravings aren't a bad thing. You know, if you experience a craving, that's fine. But when you notice that craving, maybe you should look at dealing with it in a different way. I think a lot of people try and fight cravings as a way of improving their body and their health. And ultimately that doesn't serve them in the long run. So what I talked about with her this morning is instead of fighting against that craving, why not dance with it? Why not work with that craving and instead find a way of dealing with that craving that doesn't completely undo all your efforts throughout the day and actually keep you on track. And I gave her an example of how I've been doing that for a while and how I've done it previously with clients and things like that. And it's a very, very simple one. On an evening, if I am bored, I will quite often crave something sweet. I will go around looking through the cupboards, looking through the fridge, trying to find something sweet. You know, that can lead you down any path. It can lead you down consuming a full bar of chocolate. It can lead you down the path of consuming a bag of peanut M&Ms, a personal favorite of mine. It can lead you down the route of, I don't know, even if you're trying to be healthy, consuming a load of fruit that you weren't really planning on consuming or whatever it might be. Something I try and do instead is just have a low calorie hot chocolate drink. Dead simple. 
dead, dead simple. I'm not fighting the craving, I'm dancing with it. I'm working with it, I'm accepting it's there, but I'm doing something that doesn't completely undo my efforts throughout the day. And this is something simple that has also worked for a lot of my clients. It's a very, very simple way of working around that. The reason this also works as a, as a method is because it gets around another part of psychology that we have to take into account in regards to nutrition, which is decision fatigue. And that's probably an episode in and of itself that I'll, I will do somewhere along the line. But by making decisions around how you're going to deal with cravings and nutrition ahead of time, you are taking out the decision-making process, which means you are probably going to make a better decision. It's why food preparation works so well for many people, because they're not deciding what to eat in the moment. They've already made the decision ahead of time. But again, that's a discussion for another day. For today, we're talking about this consciousness car model instead. But hopefully you can see how those things tie in quite nicely. You've got your consciousness car that you're educating people about so that they understand that most of the decisions they're making are emotional and that their logical brain is just rationalizing it. You can then talk to them about how to maybe take some of the emotion out of the decision-making process so that they can then make better decisions or less emotional decisions. And then you can even talk to them about the idea of relieving some of the pressure on themselves now that they understand that some of the decisions they are making are purely emotionally driven and that it's going to take us some time to dance with those decisions as opposed to fighting against them. This is the picture that I like to try and paint with people and this is something that I am going to explain today as I talk through this corporate presentation. So I think a lot of people are going to expect me to pull up a slide about nutrition and tell them what to eat, what not to eat, that they need to give up drinking, that they need to give up X, Y, and Z, and that their life needs to revolve around chicken and broccoli. And that is not the way I'm going to go with this, as you've probably now established. Instead, I'm going to teach them about psychology, and I'm going to link that directly into how that affects energy balance and how that then impacts their body composition. So I hope you've taken a lot from that. I hope that it gives you a nice little insight as to how I'm approaching this area currently. It's something that always changes. I think you do have to change your approach and find different ways of dealing with different people. But at the minute, this is something that seems to be working quite well and helping a lot of people. I wanted to share that with you because it's coming from someone that isn't embroiled in the world of nutrition. I am not a nutrition coach. I am not a nutrition expert. I am someone that pays attention to nutrition, but likes to try and go about it in a variety of ways that keeps it interesting for me and keeps it interesting for my client because it isn't something that I am naturally really passionate about it's just not where my passion lies within the fitness industry and sometimes when you listen to people that live in that world and are surrounded by it it can be very easy to just get a little bit lost despite the information being really useful so I wanted to come in today and, and come at it from a different angle and hopefully you can use that to your advantage if, if similar to me you are not considering yourself as an, an expert in this area or overly passionate about it it's just something that you use as a tool as part of your service that you offer to your clients so i hope you found that really really useful today the Podcast. to summarize and finish off with for today i wanted to take us back to the start back to the book that i mentioned the book is by mark manson and it's called everything is fucked it's the follow-on from his first book, which was The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Foot. So you can look out for those. I will link up to those in the show notes. The link for that will be at the end of the show, and you'll be able to catch all of that there. 
I would recommend having a read of those and seeing what you make of them or even having a quick search of his name on YouTube and see if you can find a clip of him discussing the consciousness car. Again, if I can find one, I'll link it up in the show notes for you. He will do a better job of describing it than I did because it's his model. Ultimately, what I wanted to finish off with today is just to remind you that although we are surrounded by the world of health and fitness and it's something that we're passionate about and we love doing, what we can learn from other areas and bring into this industry is completely unbelievable. I think that there is so much to be learned from other areas and other industries that then we can bring into this world to change the way people think about things or understand things so that they look at things completely differently and that might be the catalyst of change that they need in order to create a genuine life-changing result that alters their habits and alters their opinions about health and fitness and the way they look and the way they feel. And I think that our job is to constantly look at new ways of approaching these basic principles so that people better understand them. We know as health and fitness professionals that despite all this information that's out there and all the different ways you can do different things, ultimately, there are fundamentals that need to be in place for people to create changes with their body and with their health. We know these, we understand these, we trust these because they've worked for us and they've worked for people around us. I believe now that our job is to find differing ways in which we can present that information and different models that we can use to help people understand how they might be fighting against themselves or why things might not have worked in the past or how things can be different in the future. So this is just an example of that that I've presented to you today. And I'm constantly on the lookout for different ways of having these types of conversations with clients and trainers and friends and family so that they can better understand how they tick and why they tick a certain way and how they can then use that to create better decisions, better changes in their life and relieve a bit of the pressure on themselves when they do mess things up a little bit. Because ultimately, if there's one thing that humans are great at, it is messing things up from time to time. It's just about understanding what we can learn from that and how we can change our approach next time round. So I hope you've enjoyed that example today and can use that within your services or if you're someone listening to this that isn't a PT you can just use that in your own life in some way it's something that I think will be immensely valuable to you as always the show notes are going to be available on the Matt Robinson blog so if you head over to mattrobinson.blog forward slash 025 you will be able to find the full show notes there as well as any relevant links and any links to past episodes and things like that that might be related to this until next time If there is any feedback you would like to give me, I would much appreciate that. If you could leave us a review in iTunes, that would be absolutely brilliant. I would like an honest review on there just to keep the show moving along and to keep that feedback loop open so that we know whether you're enjoying it or not. If you've got any questions or anything that you want to let me know about, please hit me up on social media or use the contact me form on the website. You can get to me there. And then finally, just to finish off with, if you want to know anything more about Profit Personal Training, what we do, why we do it, or how to join the team, then please visit pro-fitpersonaltraining.co.uk and you can find everything out there. I've been Matt Robinson. It's been a pleasure to talk to you today and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Until next time, take care, have a good one, and I'll see you then. The Profit.